0: Join us as we explore timeless wisdom from around the world, seeking truths that resonate most for each individual. Welcome to Peace on Your Journey podcast. I'm John Lawyer, a former soldier turned spiritual traveler. At Keyshar, we celebrate the journey of discovery together, delving into various religious, spiritual, and philosophical traditions. For a deeper dive into spirituality, join our vibrant online community at Keyshar.org. If you'd like to experience this production with dynamic art and video content, check out our YouTube channel at peace on your journey. Maybe you thought you needed a roadmap for your spiritual path, a way to start or something to help simplify the way the untethered soul can help you on your journey. It's written by Michael Singer and Deepak Chopra said of this book, read this book carefully and you will get more than a glimpse of eternity. It's a powerful endorsement from a wise person and one that I wholeheartedly agreed with. This book has some similarities to another popular modern spiritual work, and that's referencing the power of now. We had a beyond-the-book discussion a few weeks ago about Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. I mentioned that it was hugely important in the modern spiritual community. It's important in self-help circles as well. If Tolle's book is a more technical approach to living in the moment, and the present. Singer's Untethered Soul is a more poetic companion to that same idea. It approaches issues in a different way, and I think it's a smoother read. I'd say if I had to recommend one or the other, I'd recommend Singer's Untethered Soul first, and then read The The Power of Now from Tolle second, uh, because I think it's still worth worth reading. It has a lot of good messages in it. But Michael Singer's book gets far less attention than Tolle's, and I think that's a shame because the book is just beautifully written. This is old wisdom, whether it's this book or a similar one. It's really not anything purely new, just a creative and relatable way to tell a story of the path that you might take or help you understand uh, that a path even exists to begin to realize what may be, or maybe better said, to notice what already is. But sometimes we need to hear things in different ways before it clicks for us. That's what diverse reading is all about. And even if something doesn't click right away, it might when you're combining it with reading it with something else. And as I've been on my path the last couple of years, it really amazes me to see the dots that I can start to connect as I read all these works across the spectrum, rotating through Hinduism, philosophy, indigenous wisdom, modern self-help, the Abrahamic faith, including mysticism, a pagan, uh, and the Wicca, even more. Uh, That's just a a part of the cross-section. This book itself, for me, was a message. This book came to me damaged after I opened it from uh, the post office. It was fairly bent and warped. I bought it used, as I like to do, but most books show up with just minor deficiencies, but not physical damage like this one had. And I knew... What this book was about in general terms, but not exactly because I hadn't read it yet. And something inside of me said to not return it or replace it, to just be happy with this one. And I let it be. And ultimately, I was really happy with this copy of the book. And I think that's a good story for this book because I just embraced it. And it's funny how life works out sometimes. And to take it a step further, uh, this book that was all been out of shape, has now set upright on my bookshelf snugly nestled between other books and it has straightened up. And I think that's a message that we can fix ourselves. It's never too late and we're never too far gone. And it's a really warm message. On being spiritual, Singer really simplifies what it means to live a spiritual life. He simplifies what you need to do to quiet that inner monologue in your mind. He understands what the path to happiness looks like and joy. And it, he does it in a way that can be understood by literally anyone of any religion or spiritual philosophy or tradition. I think this would help anybody in the world out there. And a lot of it's about letting go. You can let go and live the life that you could be living in freedom. And that's a powerful concept. It's one some of us might not even know we want. And some of us might not even be able to see it. And it's about connecting with the divine you know, the big God, the little God, the Brahman, the Tao, the everything. Whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. It just is. And that thing that occupies our mind, that's our inner monologue. And pretty early in this book, Singer gives insight into the power that we willingly give our inner monologue. It's so erratic. It's constantly up and down. And if you met someone out in the, in the real outside world who acted like this... You would instantly ignore them if someone was acting like your inner monologue. So consider that. Why do you give your inner monologue so much deference? Just take a minute to ponder how much this voice inside of us dictates everything that we do. And really, that's what this book is about. Understanding that the voice exists and then learning to not just coexist with it, but to slow your mind and your ego down So you have the time to be aware and intentional. And on this, Singer says, there is nothing more important to true growth than realizing that you are not the voice of the mind. You are the one who hears it. Essentially, he's saying you cannot truly grow if you don't understand. You don't need to be protected by this this inner voice that you have. And I think that takes us to the concept in the spiritual world of ego death. Have you ever heard of it? I think with this part of the book, we're in that arena. Ego death is a bit of a debated topic in the spiritual community. Some think that you need to kill the ego, and others believe that it's still a little more complex and subtle than that. I tend to personally believe we don't and probably can't kill the ego in our day-to-day real existence. It's always going to be there. I think it's very possible the idea of ego death came about as spiritual teachers throughout the ages tried to emphasize to students just how important quieting the ego and the mind is to being able to get to your deeper self, back into your base consciousness and beyond. So as teachers, gurus, or whoever emphasized this, it became common to call it ego death. But just because you can't kill it doesn't mean the concept isn't valid in essence. In reality, it's just about ego taming and quieting it to a point where you can think not think with your mind not think with your ego but think with your soul that universal intelligence inside of you you're recreating your reality in your mind singer says basically recreate the outside world inside yourself and then you live in your mind what if you decided not to do this he goes on by saying reality is just too real for most of us so we temper it with the mind and as we read this we may understand what we're missing in the beauty of the universe, the actual collective painting that's life in the real world that we all occupy. He wrote, The truth is that most of life will unfold in accordance with forces far outside your control, regardless of what your mind says about it. So essentially take that and live it. Know that you do have ultimate control of that pure, quiet self inside of you. Which takes us to this beautiful question of... Who am I? Singer brings up Ramana Marishi, and Sri Ramana is a major spiritual figure from the Hindu tradition in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He may be most famous for asking the question Who am I? Knowing that you are not your label or name, you aren't your skin and bones, you aren't your job, you aren't your history or your past. So, who are you? And I'd ask you all to just pause for a minute and ponder this question. Ask yourself this question again, and then again, and then just sit with it. We won't stay here too much longer, but feel free to loop back to this. And as you do, consider that quiet place behind your quieted ego and mind, past your consciousness. Consider that place. And sit with it. Before we move on, please subscribe by hitting the watermark in the lower right-hand corner and share this video with any friends or family if you think they might benefit from it. What is energy? Senior gives an example of the boyfriend and the girlfriend who broke up. One of them was very depressed, couldn't clean their apartment, wasn't interested in life. All their life was a mess. They had no energy. Then one day, the other one calls and asks them if they want to get back together. And suddenly they're filled with infinite energy. They clean their apartment, they clean themselves up, and they're completely ready to meet their significant other. They went from being depressed for months and having no energy to seemingly having enlisted this infinite reserve of energy instantly in a moment. This is proof that you can take energy from the world around or from within you. You can learn to tap into this infinite source. And if you think that you can't do it or that energy can't be used like this... Consider a room when you're at work. You can have a group of people in a room, and if someone comes in with this huge negative or positive charge, it can impose their will on the rest of the room. They can change the energy of the entire room. You may yourself have done this when you come into a room with a certain type of energy. I'll quote Singer here and say, We study the energy outside and give great value to energy resources, but we ignore the energy within. And so I say again, what if magic wasn't supernatural, but is actually perfectly natural? You have great power within you. Think about the compounding powers on your spiritual path. Energy is just one of the potential powers at your disposal. What else can you harness? Sometimes harnessing something is in deciding not to let it have power over you. Then suddenly you flip the reality and you have domain over it. On this, Singer writes meaningfully about fear if you decide to work with your fear relax and not be afraid of whatever that thing is this gives you great power because you changed your relationship between this thing and yourself you've let go and it's more than just resolving conflict with a single issue this isn't just deciding to have perspective on a single fear But now you can have perspective on your approach to fear itself. And this instructs a better and more seamless relationship with all things in your life and your being, especially other things that may stress you out or cause you anxiety. And as you think about being aware of fear, further ponder awareness and intention. I'll quote Singer by saying, the essence of consciousness is awareness. You might hear this theme come up in multiple discussions here on this channel. We can't move beyond fear if we aren't aware of it. It's and its power over us. And then making an intentional and aware action to halt it. And it's march through our mind. Singer says to attain true inner freedom, you must be able to objectively watch your problems instead of being lost in them. No solution can possibly exist while you are lost in the energy of a problem. So don't let those problems take your energy and then have energy over you. And so you go on your journey. Consider that. You know, you're on a journey. Spirituality is about finding your own unique path. Only you know what you are and what you're all about. Books like this are simply a guide. Not even, like, the only guide. All of this is just a method for you to use to know your wholeness within and see your light. Now use that light to move wherever your spiritual intuition takes you. Singer says, if you go very deep, that is where you live. You live in the seat of consciousness. A true spiritual being lives there without effort and without intent. As I said earlier, this book was a roadmap for your spiritual path. So you use it as such. It doesn't have to take you all of the way or explain everything. But as you move down the path, don't forget to experience the great beauty of your surrounding. Don't hyper-focus on the destination so hard that you miss everything else. So, How do we do that? Think about yoga and meditation. What will help you realize yourself? See the quiet in your being. Move beyond your ego and your mind. Do you ever get a glimpse of the divine The notion or idea that there's something greater. When you do that, you're getting a glimpse of the universe, the Tao, the Brahman, you know, many other names, but that's you. That's yourself with a capital S. If you want to get more than just a glimpse of that, start a practice that can help take you to that place. Yoga and meditation are essentially the same thing, and they will take you where you're meant to be, where you originally started. And remember, yoga isn't what many in the West see as a physical endeavor. The poses and movements are simply a means to an end. Yoga itself is the mindful and intentional practice of knowing the self, being one with the Brahman, just as the Buddhist mindfulness meditation may take you to nirvana. So consider how you might start this practice of getting to know yourself. Or if you've already started the process, how can you deepen it? Build a habit and make it a routine and then it will just become the way of things. There's essentially too much to cover in this book. There's too much wisdom to to get through it all. It's not a long book. It's less than 200 pages and I still can't get to all the points I'd like to. But you should buy it and read it and then you should go out and try to live it if you can. Not live it on the outside, but on the inside. And here Michael Singer said of the divine... There are those who know the existence of the divine force. They've had enough direct inner experience to know that divine consciousness is a reality. They have seen glimpses of a force that is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. A force that is aware of all things at all times equally. It is universal consciousness. And so... As he leaves you with that, and I kind of get to the end here, remember that universal consciousness, that oneness. And what are your thoughts on the untethered soul? Do you want to read it? Have you already read it? Do you agree with the concepts? How can you use it on your own unique and special spiritual journey? Hit me up in the comments below and we can talk about it, have a discussion. If you really want to have more spiritual discussions just like this... Go to keyshar.org and join our meaningful online spiritual community and like this video if you'd like us to keep making content just like this. Until next time, I wish you peace on your journey.